Hey everybody, this is Ramon Ray, founder of smarthustle.com. Thanks for joining me. What I know is going to be an exciting podcast. We're going to learn all about all about the art of pitching and maybe more from our guests. If you're hearing the sound of my voice or watching this video, please give me a five-star review, especially if you like what you hear. And if you don't like what you hear, guess what? I have something very special for you, a five-star review as well. Either way, I win and you win. But thanks for listening, where we motivate and educate small business owners to start and grow successful businesses so they can live the lives they want with the people they love doing the things they want. Keen, and I should have asked you how to pronounce your last name, but it looks pretty obvious to me, but it could be one of these French names, Angle, Angele, who knows, but I'm going to go with Keen Angle of Story Pitch Decks. How are you today? Did I get your name right? You nailed it. Angle Good. like a right angle. Uh, yeah, I'm fantastic, Ramon. Thank you. Love it. Glad you're here. And I mean, what an amazing domain name, Story Pitch Decks. Take a few minutes, uh, Keen, just to tell us a little bit about you, your background, like the day before you were with Story Pitch Decks. Tell us about that. And then walk us through what Story Pitch Decks does today. And again, welcome. Glad you're here with the Smart Hustle community. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Um, so yeah, I got my uh, start in the advertising agency world. I okay. spent about 11 years as a Fortune 500 brand creative strategist, strategist mostly working uh, with big brands, Coca-Cola, General Electric, Ikea, NBC Universal, um, Burger King, many more. Uh, and so I kind of, I did that for about 11 years, both here in the States and uh, headed up a strategy team in the UK. And for those of you who are unfamiliar with what the heck an advertising creative strategist does, basically all it means is uh, I spent my days preparing C-level uh, pitch decks to help uh, CMOs, um, basically convincing them to give us millions of dollars for their ad campaign. <laughs> so uh, spending my time doing nothing but creating high stakes presentations, I kind of um, really, you know, got to know the ins and outs of storytelling and, and understanding what it's like to, to frame a pitch and frame ideas and communicate things and also reinforce them with data and all that fun stuff. And then after uh, doing that for a while and um, really kind of decided I, I didn't really want to sell brown sugar fizzy water to millions and millions of people anymore. Uh, I jumped out of the advertising agency world, learned a ton, had a great time, and then wanted to instead focus more on presentations. Mm. Presentations were always kind of my the favorite part of the job for me, quite honestly, both the visuals and the writing and the content and the research and all those sort of things. And so I did uh, for a couple of years, did uh, training with advertising agencies where I taught them how to create better deliverables for their clients. Uh, so better reports, better, better kind of um, strategies, those sort of things. And then I also did kind of general presentation writing and design for companies as big as Marriott Hotels and W Hotels, all the way down to mom and pops. And of course, I did a couple of, of pitch decks in there as well. Um, rewind that a few years to, I think, 2013, I was in Santa Barbara and my first experience with VCs in the world of pitch mm -hmm. decks, I was still working in advertising at the time, um, was Startup Weekend in Santa Barbara. Yeah. I joined a team, had a great time, and we had, it was a couple friends of mine, and we had a good time over the weekend creating an MVP over late nights and two nights, and we, we actually ended up winning. And I was the one who created the pitch and led the pitch and all those kind of things. And we took first place. So that was awesome. Um, the company itself kind of never really went anywhere, but that's okay. Because then a few years later, uh, basically in 2020, after kind of doing general presentation, writing and design, I was like, okay, I, I'm an entrepreneur. Mom's an entrepreneur. Dad's an entrepreneur. Dad's dad was an entrepreneur. Wife's going back to school to become an entrepreneur and run her own business. And then, and so I'm like, you know what? I'm, I need to work more with entrepreneurs, uh, pitching and helping and working 
uh, in sort of diverse dynamic, uh, actually pretty short engagements. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love, I think it kind of satisfies my ADD tendencies of being able to switch every couple of weeks to a new focus and saying, okay, let's now get really geeky about biopharmaceuticals and ultrasound, or let's get really geeky about magnetic levitation trains or whatever the heck it is that we're working on that week. And uh, so that's when I started Story Pitch Decks in late 2020. And we've been exclusively focusing on helping entrepreneurs and founders craft their pitch to win the hearts and minds of investors. I love it. That is powerful. And I want to I always like to learn. I mean, I learn all the time about the core of what we're going to talk about pitching, but going back to the advertising world, just curious. So you have uh, um, General Electric Mercedes been a co-quiver on this side. You have CNN, Fox, a billboard, wherever on this side. Mm-hmm. And that's a finite amount. Correct me anytime I'm wrong, but I'm just trying to understand it. Your job was in the middle. There are the agencies that agencies. helped them get here or other things. Just curious about that time of your yeah. life. What, what, what so behind every advertising campaign that you see, there's usually a handful of agencies. Uh, there's usually a lead agency known as usually the creative agency. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are supporting agencies and the lead agency could also be a digital or a social agency, which is actually where I worked. Mm-hmm. And we as a strategist would work with a number of team members internally to uh, craft appropriate communication positioning for the specific campaign and saying, okay, if uh, General Electric right now needs to promote a certain new piece of technology in a certain area of the world to a very specific demographic, what's the best way to do that? What is this audience doing? What are they thinking? What do they, what do they want to hear from? What do they like about GE? How do we need to tweak uh, what the sort of communication is among that? And then I would work with creative teams to help make the advertisements, to make the social posts, the TV ads, the, um, you know, everything in between, which is the ultimate manifestation of those communication strategies. And then, then we send those out to the CNNs, TVs of the world and, you, you know, YouTube banners of the world. So. <laughs> got it. Got it. So yeah. that's the role in the middle. I appreciate that. And so let's yeah. dive right into pitching. You know, you've pitched, I think, in your bio. I don't remember how what it was. It said four million or five billion times and uh, got 99 percent <laughs> of those. <laughs> 99% uh, of the pitch, something I rounded <laughs> off, give or yeah, take. A couple, couple, couple of dots yeah. there. Um, yes. But um, but let's dive into that. Pitching and story pitch decks. Let's First, let's talk about what does story pitch decks do? What is it? Who's it for? Yeah. And then I'd love to educate the audience just a bit on pitching because, you know, Keen, as we talked before I hit record, we pitch all the time. We're pitching oh, yeah. whether it's to get our kids to do something, our school teacher to give us a better grade. And then we're not talking about that. But I'm yeah. wondering, are there similar elements? And then I was on story pitch decks. And I must say the pitch decks look visually nice, man. So kudos to that. So I asked you 500 questions. I know in a breath, but uh, yeah. feel free to let's talk about what is story pitch decks and then sure. on pitching. I think I'll, I'll start out real quick with my first exposure to pitching ever when I was sure. probably like 10. Okay. Um, I remember, I think cable, cable modems had just come out and yes. I was, you know, dial up was becoming not a thing. And uh, I remember I, I, you know, I, my dad had just come home. He'd had a busy day at work and he wasn't, you know, really in the mood to hear his 10 year old complain about how slow the internet is. And uh, he goes, Keen, you know what? You, you really got to pitch me on this. You know, why would I want to do this? Okay. Uh, why should we spend the money on it? All this kind of stuff. And so I said, okay. And I, I went away actually. And I, as a 10 year old, I made a, I, 
I made like a little, like I wrote down some, I didn't know what a pitch was, but I wrote down on a little yeah. index card, all the reasons why I think it would be a good idea. Okay. I actually ended up getting a cable modem after that. So I think that was my first successful pitch ever as a 10 year old, come to think of it. And maybe inside, uh, <laughs> maybe he was the kind of dad, obviously, I think a good dad who was pushing you a little bit, you know, cause some dads would get out totally. of here, whatever, but clearly maybe yeah. he had something in mind there, you yeah, know, which you, you didn't know at the time. Out. You got to sell me on it. So, yeah. yeah um, so, so story pitch decks, um, we do at a, at a most basic level presentation, writing and design for startups. Yeah. We also occasionally work with venture capital firms to help them go raise money for their funds. And we also do work with sales organizations to help uh, sales teams pitch better. Uh, and that's literally the physical, the physical or digital deliverable, the actual presentation itself um, we are not necessarily a public speaking kind of coach, though we do work with founders to help them prep for, for pitching to VCs and, and, and investors. Um, and we're, we're kind of uh, purpose-built. Well, we're specifically purpose-built for pitch decks. And that includes most of our work is uh, for, for startups. But like I mentioned, we also do help sales teams. Sure. And what that means is, you know, you could go out to Upwork or Fiverr or whatever and hire uh, any designer for a dollar basically right. to go out and design, uh, design your pitch deck. You can also go out and hire any copywriter to kind of go and do that. And, but we're, we're more of a, a consultative partner in the fundraising process to help uh, companies position themselves in the most ideal way possible. Um, and my, my previous background in terms of, uh, you know, being, being in advertising and all those sort of things helps us kind of really figure out the right way to craft that pitch. And the funny thing is, is that there's so much opinion out there on what a good pitch deck should look like. This includes sales pitch decks. This includes investor pitch decks. And, uh, you know, as I was starting to really get into this world, uh, I realized that none of the opinions really lined up. They're all, I think we actually did an analysis on it. Only about a quarter of all opinions about pitch decks actually overlap. So 75% of all pitch deck opinions are unique opinions. So what the heck do you focus on? You know, as a person learning to do this, how do you do it? And uh, so we, we've conducted a ton of research. You can check it all out at storypitchdex.com. And we re produce reports basically on very you know, specific stuff, like what goes on to a team slide? Where mm -hmm. should that team slide be? How long does a series A deck, uh, how many slides should that be? And everything in between. And this also includes some sales deck research as well. So we fold those insights into our process for how we make pitch decks. Um, and it's actually pretty quick engagement, it's usually about two weeks. Um, and we, during that time, we do everything that's needed to make a great pitch deck. We handle all copy, we handle all research, or most research, and uh, basically strengthening the argument and then obviously bringing it to life, as you mentioned earlier, as, as visually as possible. And so our team is laser focused on, on pitch decks, and that's what we do. I love it. And so you hinted up working other things when I like you said that you're saying anybody as it were, anybody who's good can design something. I think that's a fair statement. Anybody possibly can put, you know, take your argument or sales thing, whatever, but you all put the both together is what I'm hearing. You, you may ask the questions, challenge the questions. Wait a minute here. So you're selling, you know, ice to Eskimos or whatever the silly example is, but you know, whatever you're challenging that before you can design it, then you're taking all that and then putting the design together. So that's kind of the story pitch deck, especially you are your pedigree, right? Startups and, and pitching yes. and all those kind of things, but then also the design. Am I repeating what I'm hearing, right? Is that? You're okay. nailing it. Yeah. We spend the first week exclusively on understanding the business, uh, helping to do some strategic communication and narrative positioning and strategy. 
and then writing every word that goes on every slide of the entire deck, but then also not just writing it, but having conversations about it, making sure it's accurate, making sure it's also powerful um, and making sure that it's aligned with what investors expect to see usually in pitch decks. And then from there, we take any kind of brand guideline, if it's existing or if it needs a little bit of help, that's fine too. And then we spend you know, about a half a week to a week designing the heck out of it and making it as strong visually as possible. And there's a lot of overlap between the two the two kind of steps in terms of making sure that all the ideas that we've written translate to visuals, uh, you know, accurately and powerfully as well. So yeah, you're absolutely right. We, we unify the two, which I think is really important uh, in the world of pitch decks. And sometimes um, you do have to separate the two pieces out, but then they need to get married uh, in, in, a, in, a, in a very holy matrimony uh, when it comes out to the other side. So I think, um, a big important takeaway that I would say for anyone that's trying to create pitch decks out there is to um, spend time focusing on the writing side of things, mm. but then also, you know, and just, just without even looking at a deck, a lot of times people yes. will just pop open PowerPoint and say, all right, Hey, uh, I'm just going to write this deck right now. I would say first start with like a bulleted list of all the slides you need and number it. And then, write the most important sentences. You know, what are the, if it's a 15 slide deck, we usually multiply by two to get a half hour presentation, more or less. Or, and, uh, you know, what are the 15 most important sentences you need to say in the order in which you need to say them? And then spend time backing up each one of those things. And so start at a higher level first. That's, that's kind of one of the things that we do as well that I, I highly recommend anyone else out there that's, that's writing pitch decks at this time is to spend time focusing on that and then spend time thinking about how to bring it to life visually because you got to get those words down first, you know? I love that. One of my friends is Phil Jones. I'm not sure if you know him, but if you don't, his book, uh, Exactly What to Say, one of the most well-read auto audio books, uh, Exactly What to Say, Phil Jones. But I was looking at one of Instagrams and, you know, he's a speaker, speaks all over the world as I do. Um, but the point is he had on the napkin, like you said, just mapping stuff out, like he was just drawing some stuff, his speech, you know, wasn't the slides. Oh, yeah. It wasn't even talking to the computer. He was probably just like, imagine, I can imagine him like an airplane seat, <laughs> just thinking of the audience, thinking of, you know what? Oh, let me add here the story of my grandmother, whatever. So, you know, and he's an accomplished speaker, but here he is with a quote unquote stupid, I say in a fun way, marker yeah. and just pen doodling. Is that kind of the idea what you're, what you're expressing there? Yeah, we're, we've got a pretty, um, well-oiled process of a, a machine of a process and it you takes, all do but i mean for people yeah. thinking first and just yeah absolutely you know, and and whether yeah absolutely and whether it's a, a a napkin you know with some drawings or whether you like to plan things out with an outline i think the the planning step my my gosh don't skip the planning step yeah <laughs> and sure. figuring out what the structure is and at its essence i think a lot of times, uh, well, we always start with writing a couple of key sentences for the, for the pitch, first of mm. all, usually about five key sentences. And I would say uh, anyone else who's trying to develop a pitch deck out there should also start with just five sentences. And those sentences should be no longer than 10 to 12 words each. And most writers will find that very challenging. And the reason why we start with short words is because technically any sentence that has fewer or excuse me, more than 10 to 12 words just falls off an absolute cliff in terms of legibility and comprehension, regardless of how smart your audience is. No one humans aren't built to read long run on sentences. Uh, we're built to read, you know, when we're scanning, 
and we can, you know, digest about seven to 10 words at a time and get pretty quickly what, what the thing mm -hmm. is trying to say. But as soon as you go run on sentences, it just starts to get, you know, nutty. So this is just one example of the type of, of research and data that we bring into uh, our, our best practices. And it's certainly a best practice for out, for out there for anyone who's in the outlining stage to just start with a few sentences. What are the five sentences that you need to say that's kind of outlines the entire beginning, middle and end of, of your pitch and go from there? It's a generally speaking, a good place to start. I think that is so powerful. I was talking to a young uh, startup uh, person, a young business owner, and they're in the health business. And I don't, I'm not in the health business and nothing about it, but I'm a relatively smart person, I would think. And I said, so you mean this? I was trying to break down in simple steps. And they said, no, 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 no. And they started again with acronyms and all these things and oh, how yeah. to bend their body. And I said, listen, I, I, I'm a regular guy, but I, you know, I, it, <laughs> health is, it, you're, you're not saying move, eat and get a lot of sleep. No, 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 no. It's the REM 502, 506 sleep of the amygdala and all this stuff. I'm like, you're just talking about sleep, right? So yeah. I couldn't get them to see. I'm just trying to understand as a lay person, but a, a smart lay person, my, my boss at the United Nations, similar, said, Ramon, they're scientists. And they refuse to just break down the, their high concepts to the ambassadors who are smart people, but not experts in science. But yeah. they're smart people. So that's kind of what I'm hearing you say also. Just make it simple at the top level before you dive in deep. Yeah, absolutely. And you do have to know your audience, right? Yes. Uh, doing a biopharmaceutical pitch deck right now, one of the first questions I'm going to ask is, what type of investors are you pitching to? Mm -hmm. If you're pitching to a you know, PhDs yep. who do nothing but invest in biopharmaceuticals, then it's probably expected you'll mm -hmm. use some, some jargon and acronyms and you know, complicated <laughs> graphics right. and stuff like that. Um, but regardless of any of that stuff, we, we always aim for a ninth grade reading level on, on almost all of yes. our stuff. Yeah. And it's really important because as you mentioned, regardless of how, how smart people are, we're still people. Right. And we find a ninth grade reading level to be the most, the easiest way to yeah. communicate, uh, you know, even high level concepts in as most powerfully as possible. We say, if you can say more with less, you're always going to have yeah. a win-win with that. I love it. And you may have said this already, Keen, but can you walk us through, say it another way, maybe some mistakes you see people made and maybe you've already answered. If you have already, it's fine. But as you're looking over, especially as you started story pitch decks, any yeah. clients, we don't want the names, but anybody who comes no, to mind, no, you're no. like, Ramon, these are three, four, five things I always see going wrong. Anything different yeah. than you've already helped us? Anything that comes to mind? Absolutely. Um, first one is length. Okay. And most of the time people's pitch decks are too long and there's too many words on each page. Mm -hmm. Uh, because people don't understand all the time that the, a pitch is generally a backdrop. It's meant to kind yes. of support talking points and support a present, a verbal presentation. Sometimes you'll have a, a, you know, a presentation that you'll send over as well, but most of the time we're going to probably end up, you know, pulling that up on a screen share and talking over it or popping it up when we're in the room together and, and have a conversation. And so that doesn't mean though, that you should say completely different stuff than what's on the slides, because then you're going to have a cognitive dissonance, but it does mean that when you're crafting the length of the pitch deck, you kind of need to think of, okay, how long am I going to be talking for, or how long do I want to be talking for? So if you have a 30 minute meeting, you probably don't want to be talking for 30 minutes. <laughs> you yeah. want to have, you budget a little bit of time in the beginning to, you know, chit chat. Right. And talk, talk to people, get to know them. You'll also probably have your little intro spiel as well before 
you actually begin the pitch or the presentation and that, you know, five, five, seven minutes, that's going to, you know, eat into that. So then you've got like 20 to 20 or 25 to 27 minutes left or 23 minutes. And you, you didn't have to say, okay, well, how many, what of that do I need to pitch? Right. And then what of that do we need to discuss? I usually say budget 10 minutes, five minutes, at least for discussion at the end, or even spread throughout. That's another thing that I, I see a lot of is people who want to just present the whole deck and not like stop for questions or pause and kind of asking, you know, if there's anything going on here that I can help elaborate on. Because a lot of times an audience, what they'll do is if they've got a question and let's say you've presented something on slide three that they have a question about and it's kind of bugging them, they'll usually perseverate on it and they can't get mm -hmm. it out of their mind. So a few slides later, you may be down the road. Finally, they raise their hand and ask a question about something that happened three slides ago. Then it breaks your flow. Then you got to go back. Yeah. Um, and so it's best to just Give the opportunities for questions and invite the and invite the conversation and say, hey, anything I've been through so far that you know I can elaborate on or that wasn't really maybe clear. And then maybe you say, oh, oh good, keep going. Uh, or they may say, oh yeah, can you tell me more about this? Yeah, no problem. And you tell them a bit about that. Anything else? Cool, let's keep going. Now you've kind of uh, you know caught them up to where you are in the story, and you can continue your pitch from then on out. So that's the link thing is is kind of the is is one of the big ones that we see too long. Yeah. Uh, the second one that I mentioned was kind of a part two of that first one is too many words. Mm -hmm. And on average, like 40, 50 words ish max per slide or, or even as low as 20 is kind of a good zone to be in. Uh, the exceptions are like if you have some team bios and you're going over some team, you know, each one right. has full sentences underneath each. That's usually an exception. But again, even with those, do not put full paragraphs. Try and have your bio done in two sentences. I know that's crazy for, for a lot of people, but two sentences, 12 words or less, and talk about you know, your, your, your experience and accolades and those sort of things. So too many words on the slides. What happens is when you just start um, just seeing nothing but words is our, our eyes just kind of blank out yeah. and we don't, we don't focus on anything. And so then we don't, then we don't know what to say and we don't know what to look at. And then, oh, now, oh, wait, the person's going to the next thing. And then all of a sudden, again, you lose the, the disconnect between yes. where you are in the story, what you're trying to say, what you're showing and where they're actually thinking about. Um, so that's kind of the, the second main thing. Length, length and, uh, and quantity of words, I think, takes yeah. care of a ton of, of issues. Uh, and then there's a lot of uh, smaller ones, you know, kind of after that. But I would say those are probably the big two. I love it. And uh, Keen Angle again with Story Pitch Decks. Thanks for being here. One more time, can you, or not one more time, but can you help us illustrate us? I think you've mentioned it, but feel free to highlight again what it's like to work with Story Pitch Decks. Give us a sense. I'm a startup. Uh, I, I have pitches already. Let's assume they do. Uh, I, I, I would doubt that many are coming in with nothing, but you know they hear about this or hear about you. Highlight the process again, what happens as they work with you. And by the way, great video you have on your website, which explains all that, which is why it's subliminally, maybe you put it in my mind subliminally to ask you that question. So I might have. <laughs> Um, yeah, no problem. So our, our process is uh, fast, but not too furious. Sure. Uh, we really appreciate uh, collaboration. And we know that and this comes from my, you know, decade plus in advertising, that the tada, the big reveal is the enemy of a great pitch deck. Mm. Uh, never, we'll never going to go away and come back two weeks later and say, this is the exact pitch with the exact words and visuals that, and it's perfect. Look at it. Um, we love wet paint and we love shaping things along the way. So as a result, our, our process is two weeks, first week, writing, storytelling, content, research, all those sort of things, getting the slide content done. Second week is design. 
And we usually, well, we require our clients actually to meet with us every day for at least half an hour a day during those two weeks. And it's one of those main things we say, listen, like the best pitch deck is going to come from tight ways of working, strong collaboration and making sure that we get to ask questions and you're answering them. And we're, you know, there's this really nice uh, kind of dynamic working relationship that evolves the deliverable over time. And with that in mind, that's how we usually get to uh, an amazing pitch that both we're, you know, confident in. And then also the, the investor can, excuse me, the founder can feel a, a sense of confidence in it as well. And so that's a bit about uh, kind of our, our general process at a very high level, two weeks, 30 minutes a day meetings, and, you know, first week's content, second week's design. I love it. I should ask you this question first, but I will let you close again with Story Pitch Deck. It's definitely sure. out of left blue, but just curious for your advertising experience. Uh, just what, and I, I don't even know how to ask the question, but I'm thinking of three different, three or four different types of commercials. You have the general, which is an insurance company, Shack Senate or something like that. You yeah. have something like the car commercial where McConaughey, every commercial the same, the car wang on the road, whatever commercials. You have something that's um, Folgers, the best part of waking up. I guess I just was curious to you, those are different types of commercials for different audiences or something. It seems like what makes a commercial corny? What makes a commercial like very stead and serious? What makes a commercial jingly? Does that question at all make sense? If not, we can just skip it. <laughs> but I was just yeah. curious to pick your brain like, or is that just people's bias? It could be you on the account or Jenny on the account. We're all sure. human in different angles. Just curious. I think this, there's there's actually an overlap with pitch decks here too, and it's knowing your audience. Okay. And, it's, and it's understanding what messaging will resonate with your audience most. And investors like to see one thing and, you know, women 18 to 34 who live in, you know, the Northwestern part of the United States and do yoga like to see another thing, you know, and so knowing your audience has definitely good parallels for, for both of those. And really the short version is, is those things tested well with that audience. Uh, uh, and interesting is in, in the world of pitching there, there's some testing you need to do as well. Uh, a lot of times with a pitch, people like to say that you are know, sometimes think that it's this, it's the one, you know, mm. uh, obelisk of a pitch and we'll never need to touch it again. It's that couldn't be farther from the truth. It usually is an evolving medium that you say, okay, especially sales pitch decks and investor pitch decks. What is my audience saying? What are they recept? What are they receiving? What are they remembering? What are the types of questions that they're asking and how can I evolve my pitch based on what I know about my audience in, you know, in, in the future. And, and that can be incredibly valuable. And it's something that if, you know, sales teams, especially if you're not tweaking your pitch a little bit after every pitch, or at least understanding how your, your pitch landed with your given audience, you're missing a huge opportunity to, to improve the power of your messaging and, and really make a better pitch. I love it. That was powerful. Thank you so much for answering that. And again, everybody, this is Keen Angle with Story Pitch Deck, storypitchdecks.com. Calm, I believe. Yes, that's indeed. right. So again, Keen, thanks for being here. And again, everybody, this is Ramon Ray, founder of SmartHustle.com. We motivate and educate small business owners to start and grow successful businesses so you can live the lives you want, working with the people you love, serving the people you love, having the teams you want. And you can find interviews like this all day long at SmartHustle.com. We'd appreciate, you know what I'm going to say, a five-star review, especially if you like what we shared. If you didn't like what we shared, that's okay. Still give us ah, a five-star review. And you can find interviews like this all day long at SmartHustle.com. As I search for the record stop button, here we go.